Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Now before we get started, as always, a very quick reminder, if you can take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, that is always a big help to us. Now, as we get ready for week six, it is time, as always, this time of week to talk waiver wire pickups with Dr. A, Steve Alexander. Steve, I want to start this in point guard territory. The Cavs have a phenomenal schedule coming up, as you mentioned in your column. That leaves Collins Sexton at the top of the list this week, more or less, at least uh, geographically, because you listed point guards first. He's only owned in 40-something percent of Yahoo leagues. Do you think that number needs to be on the rise? Yeah, it needs to be higher. George Hill's out with an injury. He could impact Sexton. He probably will impact Sexton when he comes back. But the Cavs really have nothing to play for this year. Sexton needs time to develop. He had a great week last week. I was kind of all in on him last week. And, you know, he scored between 15 and 24 points in his last four. And he's putting up numbers all the way across the board. I, I think he's a must-own player. And like you talked about, the Cavaliers play four games a week for the next five weeks. So pick up Colin Sexton, put him in your lineup, and do not look back. Yeah, and I mean, this season, these four-game weeks are spread out. You don't have a lot of teams that have stretches like that. So that's a big deal. The Cavs are our team to target in weekly leagues in a big way. Oh, ab- absolutely, yes. All right, we're going to stay in point guard territory. Looking a bit further down the list, Shelvin Mack having a strong month of November so far. I've I've actually really gotten on board with Mack. How close is he to must-add territory for you? You know, he's only owned in 21% of the leagues out there. Uh, he's not starting. He plays behind a guy named Mike Conley. Heard of so, him. So he's not, he's not a must-own player, but the numbers he's putting up, I mean, 10 points, three boards, four assists, a steal and a half, a three-pointer and a half um, over his last five games. And if Mike Conley ever goes down, uh, Mac is going to be the guy. So he's already producing well enough that, you know, if you own a DJ Augustine or or a lower-end point guard that's struggling like Darren Collison, Mac might be able to help you more than those guys. And if Conley goes down, the sky's the limit. Yeah, and honestly, Steve, sometimes we, and I'm – guilty of this occasionally myself we sometimes skew the game log to our advantage you know we'll say oh over his last 12 games he's averaging x that five game stretch you mentioned actually isn't even as generous to mac as you could be if you pull the lens out a little wider the last uh, i believe nine games or so he's closer to 13 points four assists with a bunch of steals and threes so he's been playing well for a while now and even though he backs up conley mac plays a ton of point guard when he's in the game with conley playing off the ball he does. And uh, another thing, Memphis has four games this week. So there's no real danger in putting Mac in your lineup this week and seeing what happens. Yeah, Mac uh, had 12 points, two assists, two trays on Sunday in a typical 28 minutes for him. I, I think that 21% number should be spiking here relatively soon. Another backup point guard, Monty Morris, starting to come on again. I've got Mac a little bit ahead of Monty. Is that true for you as well? 
I do. I, I like Mac more than Monte Morris. Monte Morris plays for the Nuggets. He's only owned in 16% of leagues out there. But, uh, you know, he's playing well. And he's getting a lot of run, like Mac, off the bench. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas is not coming back anytime soon. And Morris, you know, 12 points, three boards, five assists, and a three-pointer over his last five games. He doesn't steal or block. You don't really need blocks out of your point guard, but some steals would be nice. But I I think his role in Denver is increasing. They really like this kid, and I I like the minutes he's getting. Uh, I like the role he's in. And, you know, they're turning to him more often than not these days. Yeah, it looked for a minute there that Monte was going to be kind of an early season phenomenon that we forgot about because he started out hot and then cooled off and his minutes went way down. But they're back up in a big way. So I really like him as a pickup, especially if Shelvin Mack is already gone off your waiver wire. Now, Steve, this is where we really start to test your mettle and your resolve for adding backup point guards. Jeremy Lin has hit (laughs) double digits in four of his last five for our beloved Hawks. How deep does your league have to be for you to consider Lin? I don't think it needs to be that deep. Uh, the Hawks are a blowout factory. And when I say blowout <laughs> factory. Not the highlight factory. It's not the highlight factory anymore. It's the blowout factory. And the Hawks are usually on the losing end of those blowouts. And Lynn is getting minutes, man. And he's also doing a lot with those minutes. So, you know, in a four-game week, you got to figure in two of those games. He's going to play heavy minutes. And he's, he's really playing well. Trey Young, I think, has hit... Uh, seven of his last 48 three-pointers. Uh, is that good or is that? <laughs> I love Trey Young. I really do. Yeah, Trey Young, yeah, <laughs> Young is struggling shooting the ball from deep, even though that's the only place he warms up from. Uh, but anyway, with Trey Young struggling at times and being a young you know, rookie point guard, Jeremy Lin comes in and provides some levity and, and some common sense to what the Hawks are trying to do. He averages 13 points, three boards, four assists, one and a half steals, and almost two threes over his last five games. He's not for everybody, but if you catch him on the right night when the Hawks are getting blown out, he's going to play heavy minutes and put up some numbers. A poor man's Shelvin Mack. But yeah, I like Lynn, and don't be fooled. His season numbers, yeah, like you said, he's been way better lately after a slow start. He's picked it up. We're going to stay in guard country here for a little while longer. Bogdan Bogdanovich. His ownership numbers are in the high 50s, 16-plus points per game in his last three, getting some assists, some threes, not a ton else. And, you know, if you're just watching the Kings, he looks really good just in terms of real-life basketball. But how much fantasy upside do you think there is here? I think there's upside. He's he's uh, coming off an injury. They're just sort of ramping up his minutes. He hasn't played more than 25 minutes in any game this season. I think he's only played in four or five games. But he's trending up, and the Kings like him. He really looks good when he's on the court. I like him. I think him getting these minutes and, and starting to play a bigger role is kind of hurting guys like Bielitsa. And I just think that the sky's the limit with Bogey. He's not a must-own player, but he's coming on. He's going to hit a lot of three-pointers, which I like. Uh, if you need three-pointers, I think he's a great guy to look at right now. You highlighted another guard I really like as a pickup, Tyler Johnson, and readily available in, in a fair number of leagues. He's always seemingly kind of right on the boundary between having value, and right now he's on the positive side of that. I think he's had blocks in six straight games, at least one block. What makes Johnson overall a strong pickup to you? Well, I think Dwayne Wade not playing. He's at home hanging out with his new baby. We don't really know when he's coming back, and when he does come back, I, Wade is going to get days off the rest. He's not going to get heavy minutes. So a lot of that 
Wade leftover is going to fall on Tyler Johnson. He's only owned in 36% of the leagues out there. He's hit double digits in five straight games, averaging 14.6 points. He's even blocking, like you said. He's got 1.2 blocks and two three-pointers over his last uh, five games. So that's fantasy gold. And he's also shooting it well. He's not going to hurt you anywhere. I just think, to me, Tyler Johnson's kind of a no-brainer right now. We all want the comfort of knowing someone we pick off up off of waivers might last for a while. Do you think Tyler Johnson can continue to have value once Dwayne Wade decides to end his paternity leave? Yeah, I think Wade, like I said, he's going to miss. He's going to sit games out. His minutes are going to be kind of limited. I think Tyler Johnson's going to play a lot down the stretch. And for the rest of the season, really, I think he's, he's a good-looking pickup right now. And the Heat... Only go three times this week, so this may not be the best week to play Tyler Johnson, but season long, I think he's going to have a good year. All right, so pick Tyler Johnson up. Maybe don't start him this week, but put him away on your bench. If you are looking for some more Fantasy Hoops action, perhaps looking for a fresh start in Fantasy Hoops, head on over to Steve's favorite website, (laughs) draft.com. We're talking daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. You can even do auction drafts there. ton of options to draft a new team. It takes just a few minutes to get a new team to follow. Enter the promo code RW, and you can play for free. Again, head over to draft.com. Use the promo code RW. Steve, any notable draft.com successes to mention? Uh, not recently, no. Okay, cooled off. Steve has cooled. Steve has cooled, but we'll, we'll keep you updated, everyone. I need to get back in the piggy bank on that one. <laughs> okay, refill the, the kitty. In New York, Kevin Knox has hit double digits in four straight. That was heading into Sunday. I'll be honest, though. The shooting terrifies me. He was 17 for 47 in those four games. Do you have any hope, Steve, that Knox is going to find a little more consistency there? I do have hope. All he has to do is start knocking down shots, and his numbers are going to skyrocket. The Knicks are terrible. They have nothing to play for. They need to develop this kid, let him play, give him minutes. And I'm comfortable knowing and feeling like he's a better shooter than he's shown so far. I agree. His shooting percentage is terrifying right now. But, you know, every NBA player goes through hot streaks and slumps, and he's just in a slump right now. So I think uh, Kevin Knox, now is a great time to go get him and get ready for him to get hot. Get him and keep him very far away from your lineup if you're playing in percentage leagues. Just wait it out. Wait for signs that he's a little more consistent there. Um, I had a chuckle, Steve, when I read your column at the line about Kyle Anderson. I'm only including him on this list because I feel like I have to. We (laughs) talked about Kyle Anderson last week. You were not feeling it. Some signs of life for him. Where are you now? Let's, Let's get the Steve Alexander update on Kyle Anderson. You know, I'm still not really feeling it. He's owned in 61% of the league, so he's not available in that many. Uh, but, man, he scored in single digits in four straight games. Um, he struggled all season. He's rebounding a little bit, but 7.4 points and 9.2 rebounds. It just doesn't cut it for me. And I just I don't believe that the hype that was surrounding him coming into the season is going to pay off. You know what it is for me? I, I think I could live without the points. But the overall stat line, when you look at it, just – there's something missing, and, and that thing may be three-pointers. He only has one so far in November, only attempted four in November. So that was, yeah, that's including Sunday, actually. So, yeah, I mean, like, look at Sunday's stat line. Four points, three rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block in 31 minutes. It's close. It's close, but it's just not quite enough in a shallow league. No, it's not. And like you said, he's not hitting three-pointers. He's not blocking shots. He's 
he gets a steal a game, but that's, I mean, everybody gets, you know, basically a steal a game or, or at least a half steal a game. So he's not doing anything that makes me want to run out there and pick him up. If I need rebounds, I'd rather get a big guy. The only upside here is he plays four times this week, and maybe this is the week that Kyle Anderson gets hot and turns it on. Is he worth a flyer this week if you've got some some trash on your line <laughs> in your lineup that you want to get rid of? He might be worth a flyer, but you know I can take him or leave him. All right, one dude who has gotten hot in a big hurry is Juancho Hernan Gomez. He had 25-9 and nine against the Hawks. That was the most predictable 20-plus point game to me, just given the way the Hawks play defense. The Nuggets won by 45. It was easy to see him having a good game there. However, he backed it up a couple days later with 20-11 and 11 against the Pelicans. So that's 25 points and 20 points in back-to-back games. Where are you now with this guy? Well, he's gotten 30 minutes or more in four straight games. He's locked down starting power forward job in Denver. And while the numbers really haven't followed, like 12.7 boards, a couple three-pointers, he's shooting the ball really well. He's playing a ton of minutes. And I just feel like as time goes by, they're going to integrate him more and more into that offense. And, like, I think our latest blurb or one of our latest blurbs said he was like a 16-team pickup type of player. I don't feel that way. I think if you're in a 12-team league, Wancho is a guy that I want in my lineup, and I've picked him up in uh, several leagues. Yeah, now, including the, the his game over the weekend, he has 10 threes in his last four games. Like I said, those back-to-back 20-plus point games. I really thought the Hawks game was going to be a blip, along with one other good game against the Cavs, but he now has two monster games in a row. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's he's a, a hot pickup while, you, while we see what happens, and uh, hopefully he doesn't go back to his single-digit scoring ways. Okay, Damari Carroll trending up a little bit. What's your excitement level about Carroll? Obviously, Karis LeVert out a while. Is Carroll doing anything for you in terms of a pickup? I know he got mentioned in your column, but it, you know it's hard to get too excited about him these days. Can you do a lot better in most leagues? I think so. Uh, my excitement level is about on par with what my excitement level is for the 4-6 and six Atlanta Falcons making the playoffs. I don't feel very good about it. I don't feel that great about Damari Carroll. To be honest, I had some guys that I was going to write about that were power forwards like Nemanja Bielitsa. He's kind of fallen off the fallen off the map a little bit. So Carroll, with the Karis LeVert injury, Carroll's going to play. He's going to get minutes, but nine points, 5.6 boards, a three-pointer, I think that's probably uh, what we're going to get out of him. So if you're in a deeper league and need a power forward, I think he's worth looking at. If you're in a 12-team league, I, I think he can do better. I'd almost rather own Mike Muscala, who plays for the Sixers. He's sort of fending off Wilson Chandler right now. Yeah, as for Carroll, he never really had a huge margin for error when he was a super relevant fantasy player. And he's really fallen off in steals. He only had 0.8 a game last year. He doesn't have a single steal in six games this year. So to me, that's where his game has really fallen off and and why he's not as relevant as he used to be. But let's continue, though, with Muscala because he made the list, and I was was intrigued by the mention of him. So what has made him catch your eye? Well, he's playing crazy minutes, at least 32 minutes in his last two games. Uh, He's averaging 31 minutes in his last four games. Averaging 8.3 points, 5.8 rebounds, two three-pointers, but he's shooting it terribly. He's hit 31% from the floor over his last four games, which is in the same territory as our man Kevin Knox. But Wilson Chandler really has not done that much, really isn't showing 
big signs of life, and Muscala kind of is. If Muscala's shot starts falling, he's going to be really good. So, you know, the the Sixers go four times this week. I think Muscala is a great guy that you can sneak off the waiver wire. Nobody's even going to notice it. And if he keeps getting 30 minutes and some sh- shots start going down, he's going to be pretty good. The one other thing about Wilson Chandler is not the most durable guy in the world these days. So that even gives Muscala more room to potentially take off. But yeah, the minutes are there right now. So I like it. Trevor Ariza has been out for the Suns. Mikhail Bridges has shown some legitimate signs of life the past few games. Steve, do you think there's a chance Bridges is going to continue to play enough minutes to be relevant once Ariza's back? You know, I don't know. Ariza's absence has been mysterious i mean he's out for personal reasons we don't really know what the situation is but bridges you know i called him a stash special in the column he's young the Suns are not very good so they're gonna play bridges i think they really like him uh when ariza comes back things are gonna get dicey for bridges but so far he scored 13 8 14 in his last three games uh, he had a great line on Saturday with 14 points, two boards, two assists, four steals, two blocks, three three-pointers in 31 minutes. That's pretty fun. Like, he's the guy that's only owned in like 5% of the leagues out there. So he's available in your league. If you've got a nice bench that you can stash him on and wait and see what happens, I think he's a guy, grab him, stick him on your bench. Let's see where we are in two weeks because I think he's he's going to be – more and more valuable to the Suns as time goes on. Well, and Ariza, by the way, is the ultimate trade candidate. I mean, on a one-year deal with Phoenix. So the chances of him ending the year with that team, you have to think, are relatively slim. So at some point, Bridges is going to take off, even if that's not right now. Yeah. Yeah, and they play four times this week as well. So if you're in a deep league, I think you can pick Bridges up and and run him out there and see what happens. If you're in a 12-team, 10-team league, I don't think he needs to be owned in 10-team leagues. But 12-team league, I like picking him up and uh, putting him on the bench until we see what happens. As of Sunday, Mitchell Robinson was owned in 26% of leagues. He hasn't been producing enough in points and rebounds to be an automatic starter in a lot of formats. But are you surprised he's not gone in more leagues just considering the blocks alone? Well, he had that nine-block game last Sunday a week ago. And blocks are not easy to come by on the waiver wire. Robinson's starting for the no-good Knicks. They're not going anywhere. Uh, he's starting over Ennis Cantor, which if you own Ennis Cantor is a total buzzkill. But Robinson, man, what's he at? Uh, 3.6 blocks per game over his last five. He is a shot-blocking specialist. He's only at 5.2 points and 4.6 rebounds. But as time goes on, man, he's going to figure this thing out. He's going to get more and more run for the Knicks. And I think if you need blocks, he's the guy to go get. Yeah, I was talking to Tommy Beer about it on the podcast uh, last week. And Tommy, you know, was on board with the notion that we could easily see Robinson, you know, somewhere around eight points, seven boards later in the year, which if you add that in with all of the blocks is plenty for him. I mean, we just need him somewhere above, you know, six points and five rebounds, which is what he's been doing lately. Yeah, exactly. And, And again, right now he's only going to get you blocks. But I think we're maybe two, three weeks away from him starting to score and rebound the ball as well. All right. So, Steve, this is the part where we talk about players we are now considering dropping. And and a week ago, we talked about Nemanja Bielitsa. You said, I'm going to give him three more games. And after that, 
If he's not showing it to me, then he's gone. Bielitsa, in one game this week, was actually starting to get hot, and I thought he was going to have a classic Bielitsa line. He ended up with something like 8.6 rebounds, 3 assists. So it didn't really happen. He had a real bummer of a line on Saturday night. Are you done? Are you moving on? Are you dropping him no matter what? Or are you staying patient? I've still got him in one or two. I've dropped him in one or two. He's just not getting it done. That last game he had, I don't have it in front of me, but the stat line was bad. The minutes were bad. <laughs> two points, one board in 14 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's not good. So I think there are, regardless of what league you're in, unless it's a 30-team league, there's guys on waivers you can go get that are going to help you right now. And that's where I'm at with Bealitz. It's it's it was fun. It was fun it while was so it lasted. <laughs> he balled out for those first two weeks, and now he's just sort of sort of there. And you know they're giving Marvin Bagley a lot more run. I should have put Marvin Bagley in the waiver wire column. I didn't do it, but his minutes are only going to go up, which is going to hurt Bealitz. Bealitz has a really quick hook these days. It doesn't take a lot for him to get pulled out of the game. It basically looks like they're looking for any excuse to to take him out. Uh, so he has a very thin margin for error. Bagley has starting to, he's blocking some shots, 1.0 per game in November. So yeah, I like, I like, unfortunately, I, I think Bielitz is the better fantasy player when all is clicking right than Bagley. So it'd be nice if they'd play Bielitsa, but it's, uh, it's not looking great. 7.5 points, 4.4 rebounds so far in November after that, that phenomenal start. All right. So you may be fine to move on from Bielitsa. Another guy who was an early season relatively strong pickup but has tapered off a lot is Zach Collins. Are you 100% comfortable dropping Zach Collins for anyone who added him a while ago? Yep. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> I am. I, I, he's just he's Zach Collins. And you got Myers Leonard and Zach Collins. I can't really tell the difference between those two guys. And they're both going to be serviceable at times, but I don't think either one of them is a must-own player. All right, this is ridiculous, and I, but I'm going to ask it because I think people are probably thinking it. Shea Gilgis-Alexander obviously had a few great games in a row, then a couple bad ones. Any concern? Was there a universe where you would think about dropping him? I certainly wouldn't. I'm not dropping SGA, no. He has cooled off nine points on Thursday, four points on Saturday. Didn't shoot it well in either game. Not doing a lot of anything else, really, in those games. But man, right before that, he was filling the stat sheet all the way across the board. I'm still down, man. I still love SGA, and I'm, I'm not dropping him. Yeah, I'm with you. Please try to stay patient. It is too soon, too much upside to just have uh, an overreaction there. Last name I want to ask you about is potentially droppable player. Cleveland has a great schedule, which we mentioned, but is Rodney Hood a must-hold for you? I think a lot of people, a decent number of people have him on their team, but he's really doing very little other than points and some threes. Yeah, Rodney Hood is not my guy. He's playing well, though. Uh, he only played 16 minutes on Wednesday, still scored 10 points, had 16 points on Tuesday, had 20 on Saturday. But it's basically points and threes with a couple assists and a couple rebounds thrown in. I, I, there's guys with more upside that I'd, I'd rather uh, go after. I mean, I would rather have Jordan Clarkson on his own team than Rodney Hood, personally. Absolutely. And Clarkson, Clarkson only owned in 30-something percent of leagues. So another name to consider picking up if you're in a relatively shallow league with Cleveland's upcoming bonanza of games. Steve, anyone else who comes to mind for you as someone, as, as people to think about dropping? Well, I've gotten a lot of questions about Rodney Magruder lately. Got off to a super start to the season was doing a little bit of everything in every category across the board. He's really cooled down over his last three or four games. But I think Magruder 
does enough of everything. The heater kind of banged up. The heater kind of weird. But with Dwayne Wade doing his Dwayne Wade thing and, and not playing and minutes limited and whatnot, I think Magruder is still a guy you want to hang on to. But I do get a lot of emails from people asking if they should cut him. I don't think so. I, I'm hanging in there uh, for at least an, another week to see how that goes. Yeah, Magruder is still hitting double digits most nights, still getting you some steals, some threes, some assists here and there. And again, the minutes, most nights are near or, or well over 30. So to me, I agree. He's a tough guy to drop. All right. Well, Steve, that just about does it for us. Everyone check out Steve's waiverwire.com column on Roto World. Keep it tuned to the Roto World Player News page as you get ready to make your all-important lineup decisions this week. Steve, thank you for joining me. As always, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Matt. I hope your uh, Falcons hangover doesn't hit you too hard tomorrow. Yeah, they, they last about three days now, so it's it's this is going to be a rough one. Well, they're four and six. It's over. I, th- I think we can move on. Uh, it's time to get ready for, I don't know. Get, what is it get, time to get ready for? It's time for to get ready for spring, for spring training. So <laughs> let's get Ronald Acuna back out there. All right, yeah. It's a, it's a little ways away. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get through this. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.